Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got the man, the myth, the legend, the orange, Brandon Karam. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., thank you for that introduction. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, doing good. Just watched the Dodgers beat down on the Braves. Uh, once again, a game that was very entertaining for the first few innings and then think, and then slowed down and became unentertaining, whatever the word is, not entertaining uh, for the last however many innings. Um, full, and- dis- full disclosure, I fell asleep for the last three innings of that game. I, I thank God I had the Thursday night football and the, some NBA games to keep me, keep me away. Oh, that reminds me, Brandon. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I am back home for briefly for the weekend as I'll be traveling a little bit with my family. First time home in way too long. It's been about six and a half weeks since I'd been actually home. And during this time, my father has found a brand new miraculous discovery, the favorite channels option on the remote. Oh, what if I, what if I told you my, my father, rather than flipping between two channels can now flip through between up to five preset channels. 
Brandon, we had basketball, we had baseball, we had football, we had U.S. women's soccer, we had Pearl Harbor. What more <laughs> did you want in an evening? LJ, you know, speaking of that, not sure if you knew this, but today was what they call a sports equinox. Only the 25th time in history this has ever happened where all four major sports are playing games on the same day. MLB, MLB, NHL, NFL, and NBA. Only 25 days in history has this happened. So very uh, exciting. Lots lots of stuff going on tonight. And correct correct me if I'm wrong, a sports equinox can only happen in spooky month. Um, it yes. could happen in November this year, uh, because the, oh, yeah. because the MLB plays the world series through actually, no, it can't because the world series, uh, does not play on Monday, November 1st or Thursday, November 4th. So you're right. Only, <laughs> only spooky month. Can it happen? Um, spooky month. um, also, can I parlay this into a second, um, non-baseball moment of the day can we talk about um what's his face i'm blanking on the nickname oh uh ila medvedev have you seen this story brandon i've not is this our non-sports story of the day we'll just start right off yes we're starting right off with it because i'm gonna forget if it didn't brandon have you ever seen the revenant Oh, uh, I have not, but all I know is that from, from everything I've heard, Leonardo should not have gotten the Oscar for that what? movie. And for, no, 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 no. He should have got it for a- any other movie that he's done okay. prior hey, to that, except for that one. Redeem yourself, but he also was brilliant in that. The amount he gave of himself in that is ridiculous. Brandon, he ate raw meat because he, he, he turned down the Jell-O, um, substitute for the meat in the movie because it didn't look real enough and his his throwing up wasn't scripted interesting um, okay anyway that wasn't the point um elam uh decorated professional boxer elam medvedev is in critical condition after killing the bear that mauled his friend friends to death death uh, oh is that more what's what could possibly be more russian boxer than that <laughs> Dude killed a killed a fucking bear. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Respect. Like I, I'm laughing out of respect because I was not expecting to see this headline come across my computer today. Um, so I just pulled up this thing about the sports equinox. LJ, there was more than just the four major sports on tonight. Would you like me to list all of them? Yes. Okay. NFL, yes. MLB, NHL, yes. NBA. NCAA football. We had SMU. Yeah, that was on ESPN. Yes. U.S. Women's National Team. The CONCACAF League. NCAA hockey. NCAA soccer. NCAA volleyball. USA curling. The Canadian Premier League and the late model dirt series. And also starting at about, actually right now, the PGA Tour from Chiba, Japan, has just teed off. So, if you're a sports fan, what a day October twenty first was your day. A day which will live in infamy. 
Well, LJ, let's get into this Braves Dodgers game. So, to okay. both of our surprises, prayers out with Medvedev. Continue. Prayers out to Medvedev. Yes, uh, absolutely. LJ, to both of our surprises, Joe Kelly gets the start for the Dodgers. I mean, I get wanting to save Scherzer for game six because it's in Atlanta. He gets another day's rest. But holy risky. Look, I I love Joe Kelly more than most. Frankly, if you were looking for a lefty to start a bullpen game, there's no there's very few other guys you'd probably want to be doing it. Um, particularly on this team. So, with that being said, he's a righty. Did I say lefty? Yeah. Whoops. Um, not, not, not my intended statement. Um, forget, forget any of that happened. Um, anyway, my point being, they do realize that they have Max Scherzer, the guy who should run become second place in the Cy Young, right? On three days rest, and will probably win the Cy Young. And yes, and. He does real Dave Roberts does realize that there is not a definitive game six, correct? Yes. So he fully is is okay with saying, okay, if we lose this game, I'm fine having Max Scherzer pitch once in the entire NLCS. That seems crazy to me. And look, this guy, I respect these types of managers because Brandon, you've seen it. I mean, I've certainly been a beneficiary of it. These types of managers get results. That is largely what Alex Cora has done for a lot of his career, particularly his postseason career, is be a gambler with his pitching moves. And while, yes, he's gotten burned with them, particularly in these last couple games, he has also gotten a lot of success. So has Dave Roberts. This is getting going too far. This is getting too cute. This is now twice that they've opted to do some semblance of bullpenning in an elimination game. How does one live like this? If Dodgers fans, please tweet at us. How does one live with the pressure of knowing you're relying on tactics that don't seem to be the most straightforward to win the most important games of the year? You know, I'm actually going to check again to make sure that that's three days rest. So game two was on October 17th. So he got 18th, 19th, 20th. And today was the 21st. Okay. I was just making sure I just, and he threw how many pitches in that game? He threw 79 pitches. Okay. So, okay. No, you know, and I can't even be mad because the Dodgers, it works out for them. But a writ, LJ, at the start of this game, uh, let's get into it. Freddie Freeman says, oh, this is cute. Uh, Joe Kelly starting. Ozzie Albee singles. Freddie Freeman homers. It's 2 nothing Braves. Then – Joe Kelly comes out of the game with an apparent injury with two outs at the top of the first inning. They bring in Evan Phillips, who I'm not going to lie. Like, I saw this guy come into a game the other night, and I 
have never heard of this guy. And I have, I know a lot of the Dodgers players. Apparently, he played on Tampa this year for one game and the Dodgers for seven. And and they just happened to put it, throw him in the back end. Yeah, the just game. throw him in there. Eat yeah. some innings. And, I mean, Evan Phillips throws four or one and a third no-hit innings after that. But, wow. I mean, the Braves to jump on the Dodgers, especially Freddie Freeman, who has been extremely hot this postseason and in this series. I mean, <laughs> crazy strategy for the Dodgers. And it works. It And it doesn't really work out after the first inning as they go scoreless in the bottom of the first. But at that point, I'm thinking Dave Roberts just cost this team the season by doing this. You live by the cute, you die by the cute. However, the Dodgers save him. Can we stop real quick? Yes. Um, Because I do have to ask, I have not seen any updates on Joe Kelly on how the injury is, what the injury is, but I would have to assume if he's coming out that quickly and having that type of result, he's probably not staying on this roster. In the hypothetical scenario where he gets taken off this roster, who do they even go to? Well. I'm going to let you say it because I don't want to be by let my David Price bias show again. So the only lefty that they have, they have two lefties on the roster, and that's Alex Vesia and Justin Brule. I would have to assume it's Price. Price, here's the thing is Price is also the only healthy experienced pitcher that they have. And you can like all these other guys, I don't even think are eligible, like that are in their AAA team. Um, yeah, I think the only two pitchers they can pick from is David Price and Andre Jackson, who has not pitched a single major league inning or had how many innings has this guy pitched? Andre Jackson. Andre Jackson's thrown eleven innings this year. Okay. Um. Three games out of the bullpen and 11 innings. Jeez, he's talking about innings eater. Four, he's done four innings out of the bullpen twice this year. So, no, it's 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 David Price. It's David yeah, Price. It, it's got to be David, David Price. Price. And but, I think it also just makes them look silly here because can I, I can make the argument that he would have been more useful on this roster certainly than like Evan Phillips like there there's there is he should have probably been on this roster and I know I campaigned for him to getting be getting way more time than anyone else in the world does but it just makes sense Brandon we kind of alluded to it last night when we were talking about how much how hurt this team is that how big a difference it would make if they had Danny Duffy Clayton Kershaw Dustin May any one or two of those guys would make this roster really, really interesting because of it. And part of that is because you're going to have at least one of those guys in the bullpen and they can give you long relief. They haven't had a true long reliever with the exception of Tony Gonsolin in this series that wasn't considered a follower. So I don't know. It's, it, it's too, it just feels like it's too late for that type of value to come through. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And 
the Dodgers, sure, LJ, this team, we've been saying it, their lineup is crazy as it is. Let's not forget they don't have Max Muncy, <laughs> who is on my MVP ballot that I've already made up and have been doing a lot of adjusting to for the National League MVP, is on my ballot. And no Max Muncy, now no Justin Turner. So I believe they brought Andy Burns on to their roster. So also someone who I've never heard of. Um, it's crazy how many injuries this team has suffered and still how strong they are. That's what makes a baseball team great is when you can replace players with, and still have crazy lineups top to bottom. And it just shows just how deep this, this uh, Dodgers team is. Joe Kelly, so this is, I believe it's right bicep tightness. Um, he's At this point, they might as well just say he's hurt so they can get another pitcher on the roster, right? Well, the thing is, I it's, it's different. If it was somebody less important to the team than Joe Kelly and with how much they – like I'm not. That's not me saying he is. He's not. He's not Kenley Jansen. He's not Blake Trinan. He's not Corey Knievel. But he's probably the next best pitcher on that reliever in that squad. Brewster. Brewster. All right, Brewster and him. We'll agree on even there. But my point being, with how much they've used their bullpen in this playoff postseason, they need all of their best pitchers. And they're going to all get use. And so the only thing I would worry about is if I'm the Dodgers and I think that he's going to be good, have a chance to be relevant in the World Series, I think he can possibly get past this. And I don't really feel like I'm desperate for pitching. I don't want to lose him for the World Series because if you pull him from this roster, you lose him for the World Series. Right. Um yeah, and how much do you trust David Price at that point also? Uh, we will certainly be able to comment more on this. We'll be able to comment more on this once we get word on exactly what the Dodgers are doing with the situation, which will probably be tomorrow. But, um, yeah, as for the game, so it's 2 nothing Atlanta after the first. It's Max Fried on the mound for the Braves. And in the bottom of the second, the Dodgers jump on him. First batter of the inning, A.J. Pollock goes deep. Uh, it's 2-1 to one now, Atlanta. Pujol singles, Chris Taylor homers. That's three hits to start off the inning and three batters, two home runs, and it's a 3-2 to two Dodgers lead. We get a mound visit. Uh, clearly didn't help because Cody Bellinger then singles right after that. Four bat the first four batters all record hits off a of max or off a of max freed in the bottom of the second inning. We then get uh, a pinch hitter and Steven Souza strikes out. Freed gets out of the inning, but the damage is done. It's a three to two Dodgers lead. LJ, I've never seen Freed get hammered like that for four batters in a row. No, it's not. It's not like him to have that, and it's really just a sign of how good this Dodgers team is. You want to know what's amazing to me, though, and we're going to get to it, but 
So the dot actually, hold on. I'm I'm gonna save that actually because I need to get through more of the game recap. Let's, let's, let's get through the entire recap and then we'll just sure. Um, Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Bottom of the third, Chris Taylor comes up with an RBI single, uh, part of his massive game tonight. Uh, that makes it four to two Dodgers. Bottom five, Chris Taylor with another two-run home run, and it's six-two Dodgers. Bottom seven, Chris Taylor with a third home run of the game, and it is seven-two LA. Dodgers get few extra runs in the eighth thanks to Pollock's second homer which is a three-run homer and a Trey Turner RBI single LA ends up winning 11-2 very handily the Braves offense gets shut down from the first inning on they only collect five hits in this one two of them go to Eddie Rosario who LJ we were talking about the the Akike Hernandez stats Eddie Rosario OPS in this postseason, 16 for 34, 471 batting average, 514 on base percentage for a 1249 OPS. Well, how about a 1609 OPS in the ALCS? That's NLCS. NLCS, jeez. It's not my night. Well, Chris Taylor ends the game with three home runs he goes four for five lj how about a 1.776 ops for chris taylor in the nlcs six of the dodgers 11 rbis uh fantastic game for him uh i believe he set something there was some kind of record or some stat i saw with his three home runs Let's see. Uh, he's the first player in postseason history to have three home runs in a potential elimination game. Wow. And let's not forget he had the big hit in the wild card game, the walk-off home. Look, this guy is great. Let's also not forget he was an all-star. And had Max Muncy been healthy, he would not be in the starting lineup. I'm going to spin a very hot take. And while Papa Elge did not, like, while Papa Elge should not get the blame for this hot take, if it gets to be too spicy, he certainly helped me craft this. This was huge. This whole postseason is huge for the Dodgers. This game was huge for the Dodgers because 
this is the end. I think this might be the end of their truly terrifying dynasty. Oh, wow. That is very bold. Uh, I, I cannot believe that. That's... Brandon, l- let me explain. We, we have already alluded to, including Chris Taylor, who only seems to be getting better and better in the, the last couple of years. We got Corey Seager, who's up this year. Who else is up after this year? Kershaw, Scherzer, Kenley Jansen, Danny Duffy, Chris Taylor, and, and Seager, and, Corey Kniebel. And they already have a massive payroll on top of that. I now they're getting all the money back. What? But they're getting all that money. Yes, they're they're making all the money back. But I want to bring up another point now, which is the fact that it seems semi pretty pretty darn likely that we're gonna end up seeing that salary floor. And if we see the salary floor we've already talked about, there's a chance that, that brings a lot more money into the free agency pool. I now want to bring up another another case study, which is Kike Hernandez. Kike Hernandez, not to overplay what he did, but this guy never had a true place in this Dodgers lineup in his time there, but was still solid to decent. He goes into free agency this year, gets a contract with the Red Sox, mostly because of his personality, outsells Mike Trout in jerseys, and then goes on to have a fantastic year and make a name for himself not just in not just regionally but nationally as well i think i think even if he hadn't had this crazy postseason people would still be talking very highly of what kike hernandez did this year especially with the improvements on defense and so jock peterson i think is also a very good uh case study for this as well in the fact that these guys that didn't have a great, a huge spot in their, in in this Dodgers lineup, are making names for themselves as stars elsewhere, and so in my head, if I can probably get more money from a team that is looking to give away said money, and I can get a little piece of what guys like Jock Peters and guys like Kiki Hernandez have already gotten, there is just so much to incentivize me to leave LA that if they're, if they're going to try to keep the majority of this roster together, they're going to have to overpay and they can over only overpay so much. I just think the opportunity, the opportunities are becoming way too great for this team to be able to stick together. See, here's my response to that. Well, obviously they're not going to be able to keep all these guys. Scherzer will not return to the Dodgers. He will get a big deal somewhere. And if he does happen to return to the Dodgers, it will be on a one- or two-year deal. Um, right, okay. They're going to get Kershaw back, probably same situation. His might be a full, like a three-year deal again. They still have Mookie Betts, Justin Turner, A.J. Pollock, Trey Turner. A.J. Pollock, only, only one more year, right? Uh, he has a player option for 2023. Okay, yeah, so one more year. There's no um, reason I would want to stay there. Max so Muncy, Cody yep. Bellinger. I mean, LJ, they have like 
five MVPs still on their team. I, yes, I, yes, yes. But I, I don't see how they don't stay successful. I didn't say, uh, not, not, that's not to say they aren't successful, but will we be able to, two years down the road, will we be able to talk about them with the same fear of God that we've talked about them all season? No. No, they're not going to be this absolutely. They need to capitalize on the point where they're at their maximum strength because we know that any chance at any point in time, a postseason can be taken away from you. Just because those teams are also going to be very good doesn't mean that they can get over the hump. Teams with Dodgers teams with similar amounts of talent didn't get World Series before. So that's why I just think this this is this is going to end up being a crucial year. That's no, you're right. Uh, let's also not forget that from every year from 2013 through 2020, they won the NL West, and there was a lot of moving pieces on those rosters as well. So worth noting. Um, and I'm not a Dodgers fan whatsoever, but I would. I just don't think they can. I will never count out. I will never count them out until I see it with my own eyes, because now that they actually have you know a smart gm there it's the sky is the limit for this team you i didn't even bring up a gavin lux who most people think can be a future mvp in this league i'm uh, not i'm not cutting them out either brandon don't i i i'm sorry to make you think that but i guess what i'm saying is there there is an air about this team that almost feels like it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to be good forever because they're willing they are willing to spend so far above the luxury tax but I don't see, I don't, with, with the amount of things to pull guys away from LA now, I don't see that the spending power of the Dodgers is going to have the same effect as it has. Is it really what I'm trying to say? That's a very fair point. Uh, I like that. And you're right. Chris Taylor is going to get a crap ton of money this off season. And, I'd say 20 crap loads. a lot. I'd say 20. What is the crap load conversion? Like, because Chris Taylor has been the much better hitter over his career than, um, than, than, than a Kike Hernandez was. And now that this guy is showing up in the postseason, and we saw how good of a regular season he had this year, both offensively, he can play a couple of spots in the field very well. I mean, second, third, short, any outfield position, really. Uh, he will get – I don't even know if I can put a number on it accurately. A lot of money. A lot of money. Um, yeah, though, but the Dodgers now, they stay alive. Game – Number six will be Saturday. Max Scherzer will be taking on Ian Anderson as the series heads back to Atlanta for games six and seven. That game will be at 5.08 Eastern time. Our guy, Ian Anderson, could send the Braves to the World Series, LJ. Sadly, I feel like we've seen this movie before. No, no, no. Look, I'm just saying, it's Atlanta. It's our guy. 
I know. I'm sorry, but it's his second year in the league. He's gonna uh, step up just, now. Let me just put it this way. That's not to say he's not gonna they're not gonna still lose the game. I could very easily see a situation where he goes seven innings, one earned, and they still end up losing that game. And like we just get a Scherzer and Ian Anderson just like absolute slugfest, like slugfest in the terms of of a pitchers where it's like they both go six or seven and only allow one or two earned runs because I would love that. What's probably going to happen is they're going to have a slugfest and then the managers are going to pull them after four innings because that's all we've seen all postseason. Yeah, or one side dominates. We haven't had two pitchers really go deep since the Braves Brewers game one, right? Yeah, Corbin Burns and Charlie Morton both went, I think, six innings. Unless I'm missing something very obvious, um, Braves Brewers game two, both pitchers went six innings as well. Braves Brewers game three. No, they didn't really go that deep. And in Dodgers Giants, the only game I can think of their game five. Yeah, no, the Dodgers, I forgot they used the opener there. So, no, I mean, crazy. Uh, anyways, yeah, excited for that. Atlanta has an, yet another chance to knock off the Dodgers and get themselves to the World Series. For the first time since 1999, when they got swept by the Yankees in four games, the last time they won the World Series was 1995 over the Cleveland Indians. Um, yes, Brandon, I did, I did find it. I knew it was somewhere. I found the crap load conversion. So if we want to make, if we want to make a decision on how many crap loads he is getting, what what would you say? What would you say in terms of dollars? It's eight eighteen thousand dollars is one crap load. Oh, Bob! I'm sorry to interrupt. Bob Nightingale just tweeted Joe Kelly done for the season. David Price, let's go. David Price, Game Seven, let's go. This is actually one of the funniest things, though, because since Bob Nightingale screwed up the Trevor Bauer and he tweeted Trevor Bauer to the Mets, now everyone responds to everything he tweets. Joe Kelly starting Game Six confirmed. Joe Kelly ready to go for Game Six and Seven confirmed. <laughs> Joe Kelly throws perfect Game Six. <laughs> um. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so 18,000. Chris Taylor's going to get um <laughs> that transition though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris Taylor is going to get what? 15 million a year? Definitely. I could see a team overpaying for Chris Taylor is the thing. So oh, I would see the value I would say the value is at minimum 15. So let's put that as the floor. Well, that's 833.33 repeating crap loads. Okay. And that's, that's one year though. Let's, let's set it at 18 comfortably. Or do we want to just go to 20 for the fun of it? 18 is comfortable. 18 million. How many years are we thinking 
He's 31. Or three or four. Four. These guys will take more years. They can't. Okay, well, 18 We're million. $72 million contracts divided by 18. It would be 4,000. That's 4,000. About 4,000 crap loads. It's a lot of crap. That's a lot of crap. <laughs> um, also, if you're looking for the conversion calculation, all of that, um, check out Reddit. Somebody from a very studious How I Met Your Mother fan figured out exactly how much Barney Stinson makes in terms of crap loads through multiple seasons worth of research. So check huh. that out. It's very amusing. Sure, he spent a lot of time doing that. Um, it's interesting too because it ends up coming out well, part of the calculation had to be robin's money and she it, it was announced in the show in terms of canadian crap loads interesting so canadian crap loads regular crap loads before you could get anywhere fascinating fascinating stories anyway do um, we have any other thoughts on this game no uh but i wanted to just Announced because the both the Red Sox and the Astros have announced their starter for uh, tonight's game six. It will be Nathan Avaldi and Luis Garcia going for the Red Sox and Astros, respectively. Now, the duality here. Dave Roberts didn't want to give Max Scherzer short rest in an elimination game. Meanwhile, Nathan Ivaldi just threw a relief appearance in game four and is now back out there to keep the team alive in game six. Both are gambles, but I don't know, Brandon, in my opinion, I like, th I like the second gamble more than the first because it puts, it puts the ball – I would rather have the ball in the hands of my best players – on short rest, maybe even maybe even accepting that I'm not going to get as much out of them as like a fully rested day, that I would to not have them out there at all. No, I agree. I like the second option a lot more. Um, also, should be worth noting the Dodgers announced that it will be to no one's surprise. Should it go to Game Seven, it Game will be Walker Bueller starting. Sleeping on him. They're sleeping on a clutch postseason pitcher. Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's about it for that. LJ, we have a post-mortem to do today. Indeed. The Chicago White Sox. Oh, okay. Well. Wait, so are you telling me we, tonight we talked about the White Sox and – Duh, Bears. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the Proceeding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Bears. Don't well, frightened of though. So the White Sox, um, well, to no one's surprise, they won the AL Central. To no one's surprise, the AL Central was the worst division in baseball once again. Can, can I argue that it was possibly worse than I was ever expecting it to be? It was really bad. And when you beat up on four crap teams all year. Well, and then you kind of get... suspect on the Tigers. Okay. <laughs> Relative to the rest of the league, when you beat up on four crap teams, uh, it's expected that you're going to win 90 games uh, when you have the roster that the White Sox do. Uh, prior to the season, they hired Tony LaRussa. Comes hey, out of... Tony! Hey, Tony, he comes out of retirement, man is 76 years old. And yeah, I mean, he's already in the Hall of Fame. He hasn't managed for 10 years. And for whatever reason, he's just like, you know what? I want to manage again. Let me get a team that's in the middle of, or probably the beginning of their championship window. Let's just see what happens. It's and like, um, it's like Manny Pacquiao, he had no real reason to come out of retirement, but just eh. Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, the White Sox end up losing in round one of the playoffs for the second year in a row. Correct? Or no, did they beat the – I can't remember when. No, that's right. They they lost to the A's last year in the uh, in the wild card series. They were the three seed. The A's were the six seed, and they lost. That's correct. Um, yeah, I mean, LJ, I don't really know what to say. This this offense was really good. This is one of the most well balanced teams in the league throughout the regular season. Then we got to the playoffs and. You know, just like looking at the scores of this of these series, let me do some quick math here. I think they got outscored by a lot in this series. Um, hold on. Well, LJ, you can um, give your thoughts while I figure out what how many rounds each team scored in this series. Yes, I'm gonna. Yeah, I think realistically, this is as much as you could have expected from this team. This lineup is very young, and that doesn't always isn't always conducive to success when it comes to early play early in their playoff careers, early in their playoff window. The starting rotation, in my memory, my memory could be very bad. I don't remember the starters necessarily being the problem for this team in the playoffs, but when it comes down to it, I see four relievers on this team that was hyped up to be reliever central that I really trusted 
And when you've got a when you're going up against a team like Houston, it doesn't matter how good you are, you have to consist be consistent with your pitching, or else they're just gonna burn you. I don't know how many times we can say this is the best lineup, or maybe not the best lineup, the best hitting team in baseball. Houston, absolutely. That that they went up against. Well, and, and you, it's can't, you can't show you can't show weakness and you cannot you cannot slump on offense. You have to be as hot as possible and you cannot show weakness on the pitching side if you're going to beat them in a series. Uh in the four games, they got outscored 31 to 18. All right, so maybe it was more starters than I thought it was. 31 runs allowed in four games, LJ. Think about that. And how many of those runs scored for them were in the uh, game they won? So the the White Sox scored 12 of them in game three. They had – and that was thanks to uh, just – Luis Garcia blowing up, Yimmy Garcia blowing up, and then they scored like three in the in the eighth inning because of just some some random stuff when they were already winning by a lot. So, and then like let's actually they allowed seven point seven five runs per game. You can't win a playoff series when you're getting absolutely murdered like that. Let's look at actually. I think Game Three's pitching is a pretty interesting case study for really why it doesn't work, why the Red Sox are struggled and haven't put away, weren't able to put away the Astros other than the offense going cold. Brandon, I want you to find me more pitching for this team. You got Dylan Cease comes in, does not have a good start. I'm not sure what I was thinking, but either way, Dylan Cease comes in, only lasts an inning and two thirds in this elimination game as they're quick with the hook. They then go to Michael Kopech for two innings, Ryan DePera for two innings, Aaron Bummer for almost two innings, and then Kimbrel Hendricks. Kopech, DePera, Bummer, Kimbrel, Hendricks. Brandon, do they have any other quality relievers on that team? See, like, here's the thing, though. Do the Red Sox have that many quality relievers on their team? Because I no. really don't think that they do. And no, we've got, we've got about four, and one of them is not pitching like it right now. Right. So you ha- if you have three <laughs> starters who Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, or Dylan Cease, who were all exceptional in the regular season, we you can agree to that, right? Yes. yes. And you have five relievers who – many consider to be well above average and you have an offense that scored the seventh most runs in the league. How? How? And I think a lot of the stats that they put up is because they were just playing bad teams for a majority of the season. You play 19 games against each team in your division, right? Yep. 19 times four is 76. 76 games were against uh, the Indians, Tigers, Royals, and Twins. Only one of those teams won 80 games. They just beat up on a bad division again. And look, obviously they can't control that. 
but they had way too much hype. And I cannot believe I picked them to go to the CS. It's, I, I fell into the trap of seeing a team that has a lot of guys that put up really good stats. And at the end of the day, they just fell apart. And I love so many guys on this team. I love Eloy Jimenez, who came back in the middle of the season. I love Jose Abreu. I love Luis Robert. And, I mean, Lance Lynn is one of the most fun pitchers to watch in the league with his pitching style. And they just fell apart. I think that this is, if there's one positive to take away is that, like I said, it's still early in this championship window that they're carving out for themselves. But at the same time, you know, where do they even go from here, LJ? Because I'm, I'm, I'm just lost kind of. Well, for starters, are we ready to regret the Craig Kimball trade? They didn't really give up that much to get him, though, right? They didn't give up that much to get him. Giving up one of the best, the future best contact hitters in the league to get him isn't. Oh, that's right. It was Nick Madrigal. Oh, my God. They they gave up Nick, basically gave up Nick Madrigal for Craig Kimbrell straight up to try to win a World Series this year. And Craig Kimbrell is. I believe it's a club option. Club option. Okay, so he'll be around for the next year. But still, does that really help them that much? (sighs) Nice. And I will – yeah, I think think the value that Nick Madrigal brings long-term far exceeds what Craig Kimbrell is bringing at this point in time. Far. Especially if you're looking at this team seriously – this is Chicago. Maybe maybe I do expand the big markets too much, but I really do consider Chicago and Atlanta big market teams. And so they'll serve this. And with, with the popularity of these stars, I mean, I think uh, Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez are only going to get more popular in the next couple of years. This team is going to have hype. This team is going to have people interested in them they're going to have the money to be able to pay a guy like Nick Madrigal to stay around. So in my head, there's no real reason you couldn't keep him around for many years to come. Why? Why? This was, that was, that was too much of a gamble to me. And I feel like I could be wrong in my memory, but I, I feel like I remember not being in favor of this at the beginning, not being in favor of losing him. And part of that too comes from Cesar Hernandez was I, th- I believe that was your justification for the trade it was that they were able to go get cesar hernandez from uh i believe cleveland was it mm-hmm. yeah they were able to go get him from cleveland but at 31 years old and this being like in my opinion probably his best year yeah he, yeah like he he isn't i don't i don't think he is producing in 2022 how he was in 2021 and they're also not going to have nearly the same amount of time with Cesar Hernandez if they keep him around so it just that makes no sense but I'm going to give you one more place to worry about the White Sox here and that is the fact that we don't know where they should go from here is concerning when you consider 
the rest of that division because as much as they were bad, I can make cases for that division not necessarily be overly competitive for them, but to just be sticky. And they will be annoying. First off, I, I remain firm on the fact that the Tigers are on the doorstep. The Tigers are going to be the next team to make the jump into. We are buying a lot of stock into the Tigers. Honestly, like, you know, I'm not pro sports gambling. I don't think it's something I need that is necessary for enjoyment of sports. So I don't really do it. However, I think um, as a little belly up plug, our partners over at Symbol are a very interesting idea where you can buy stock in teams and that value increases decreases i'm not doing a good job explaining this you'll have to go over to their site for a better explanation but check it out symbol.com um but i would i would be interested in doing that and i'd be interested doing that right now with the detroit tigers because this is a team that's proven they'll spend money on the lineup their pitching looks to be right on the way so this Tigers team is going to be competing with them for this division in the next two years. Cleveland, 80 and 82 this year, they basically stopped trying halfway through the season. They stopped trying literally as soon as Tito left. You could tell that they didn't really think they actually could win anything. So imagine hypothetically you're able to get Tito back in there. Maybe now once the pandemic clears they're a little more willing to make competitive roster moves as especially as this pitching staff gets older they'll be relevant we've always talked about the royals 74 and 88 this year not a great year but they always make moves to keep themselves relevant they're always going to at least be somewhere close-ish to 500 they're not going to be atrocious ever so these aren't going to be necessarily easy outs each year while there's not going to be well, while maybe you're going to have one or none, one or no, no team is directly competing for the division. They're not going to be easy outs in the next couple of years. And so if you can't set yourself apart from them quickly, they could run into trouble. Does yeah, that make any sense? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you pretty much hit it spot on. I'll say that, well, we're not going to be expecting the White – like, we're all still going to be expecting the White Sox to be the best team in the AL Central. You're right. It, it, it's not going to be a walk in the park like it was this season. Was there any reason for them to trade for Craig Kimbrell when at that point in the season when they traded for him – I want to do – I just want to check something out here. They trade for Craig Kimbrell uh, – I think like July 27th, like right before the trade deadline. How many games were they up in in the AL Central at that point? It was pretty much locked yeah, up, right? Locked. Um, if it wasn't locked, if they did it at the deadline. They were up nine and a half games. Yes, it, it had to. Yes, it was locked because was that that was well after Tito left. Honestly, I think that division ended the second Tito left. So I'm I'm questioning what they thought when you have, in my opinion, the guy who put up one of the best seasons as a relief pitcher this year in Liam Hendricks. You have him. You have Aaron Bummer. You have Kopech. 
You have Garrett Crochet, who's knocking on the door of being an elite reliever. Yeah, why would the what reason would you trade for Craig Kimbrell? Like, other than trying to make this absolutely insanely loaded bullpen when Kimbrell did not pitch well for the White Sox whatsoever, actually put up a negative wins win probability added, which means when he was in the game for the 18 games that he appeared in for the White Sox, their win probability ended up 24 games, excuse me, their win probability went down in total. That's why I hate making moves, particularly in-season moves for relievers. It feels like every single time, no matter how talented the reliever is, it's a roll of the dice, whether they're actually going to be good or not when they're moved in the middle of the year. It's something about change that these relievers just can't handle. And that's Craig Kimbrell included. As great as he is, he did not handle the move across town well. No. There's a chance he could move. Like, he could have probably – there's a chance, especially – I'm not sure how big the helicopter scene is, like it's in L.A., is in L.A., but he might have just stayed in the same housing that he was as a Cub as a white sock i would have to imagine why go through all that trouble when you're literally playing across town um and yeah this is just a real interesting case here uh what do they do with tony larusa what you know do they keep him around for another year he's 77 years old now not that age like, not that it's impacting his job, but, you know, is this the guy that they really want for what could be another division-winning team? I mean, look, the teams that Tony LaRusa manages, they, they win regular season games. I have to give him credit for that. As much as LJ and I crap on this guy, he really does do a good job in the regular season. It's the postseason, really. And sure, he got the, those few titles with the Cardinals and, of course, the one with the A's way back in the 80s. So he's been there. He's done that. But I, I just don't know at this point, LJ, what, you know, what, what to think of the, of the guy anymore, whether he's the right guy for the job. And I'm sure that the White Sox feel the exact same way. But well, let me put this before we get into the um, biggest surprise, biggest bust thing. Let me put it to you this way on Tony La Russa. Remember the other day when we were talking about Aaron Boone and I said the worst thing you can have in the MLB is a mediocre manager? Mm-hmm. If we're saying we're not sure he can get, get them to the World Series and get them to win a World Series, then is he even worth bringing around at this, at this point in development for this team? I... Go out and find somebody that you think might be able to. It's okay. There's, yeah, there, there has to be a man. What if Mike Schilt took over? I mean, I would love that, honestly. And I don't know who he's talking to. I saw that Mike Schilt is talking to the Padres. Do they even – I feel like if they were going to fire Tony LaRusso, they would have done it already, though, is the thing. Uh, I don't know. Every team that's fired their manager is like done it. You know, there we expected to fire their manager has done it already. No, because this is for the same reason that we were talking about 
the Yankees waiting around to fire Cashman if they're going to do it is the fact that I think Tony La Russa, especially ha- having come out of retirement and coach a team to 93 wins, he is going to have his value on the market. And it's probably better for team optics for him not to be some managing somewhere else next year. And so the way I see it is if they're going to do this, go for a big splash. Like if you're, if you're going to fire a guy that got you 93 wins, we're not looking for moderate improvement. We're looking for the whole shebang. I'm not even sure Mike Schultz that I think you got to look, look bench coaches, look elsewhere. Look even, I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly where I'm looking. Triple A manager, someone. Triple A college. I don't know, but there's got to be somebody that has a ton of upside they could bring in here. And that guy is probably not getting a lot of looks from other teams right now. So if you wait to fire Tony La Russa until after all the other management positions are filled, then you get, then you have a little more um, PR leeway. I agree. But that's, um, but that's only if you're not looking at the, the main guys, if you're looking at the main guys, you, you had, would have had to get in there already. Yeah, uh, that's that's a great point. Um, all right, LJ, one guy who surprised you on this team. Yerman Mercedes. Enough said. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, go ahead. I'm stuck between Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon. Um. I'm going to go Carlos Rodon because Lance Lynn is a guy who has been talked up to be a top of the line starting pitcher for quite a few years now. He's got Cy Young votes the last few years. Carlos Rodon, I mean, you look at where this guy has been uh, since 2015. Put up an 8-2-2 ERA last year, only pitched in seven two-thirds innings. 2019 only pitched in 34 innings, comes out this year in 132 innings, works a a 2.37 ERA, 185 strikeouts in 132 innings. Had he stayed healthy and made more than 24 starts, he could have easily broken the 220 strikeout threshold. This guy was dealing. I mean, 12.6 strikeouts per nine cut the walks down, cut the homers down. Literally every part of his game got better. And what a season from this guy. I'm very surprised to see him step up in this way. I really don't think anyone was expecting this when you look at what he had done for his entire career up until this point. Also, he threw a no-hitter, which holds some weight for something. I mean, let's not forget we were like thinking this was going to be an insane year of no hitters and they just kind of slowed down. Uh, they just kind of stopped. Oh, well, it still was an insane year of no hitters. It still was. It just seems like forever ago when they were all happening. It seems like it was last season. <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah, no, Carlos Rodon, extremely impressed with him. Uh, and he's, he's going to get my vote there. Sucks that he uh, ended up with having to end the way he did with that dead arm for the last few se- uh, weeks of the season. And yeah, and he just didn't look right when he came out for that last game. Props for no. him being out there, but like. It wasn't him. It wasn't him. It wasn't him. All right. 
biggest disappointment on the year, Brandon? This is German Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> the duality of German. Honestly, no, he can never. He can never be a. Uh, he can never be a disappointment with the Trojan bathing suit. Um. Anyway, I honestly terms, don't know. See, I've got two. I've got one and a half. Okay. Um. Also, I'm seeing here. Ooh, Brandon, want to do a little trivia real quick? Tri- okay, trivia time. You hopefully you haven't seen this yet. Most four hit games in a single postseason. There, there is one player with three and four with two. Can you name the player with three and the four with two? Most four hit games in a single postseason. Yes. Okay. I have not seen this. Can I get a hint on the teams or would that be a dead game? I, I won't give you a hint on the teams yet. However, I will tell you this. Three of the five are active. Okay. Four hit games, four hit games, four hit games. Is Derek Jeter one of them? No. Okay. Um, George Springer. No. The other two that are not active are Hall of Famers. Okay. Honestly, if you can get the three active ones, I'll see this is a win. I'm very stuck, honestly. Are, are any are any of their teams still in the postseason? Yes. Okay. Um, is Chris Taylor one of them? No. I'm lost, LJ. I will give you one more hint. The player with three and the other two active players are all still in the postseason. Hmm. Kike Hernandez. Correct. Wow. Is he the player with three? He's the player with two. Okay. Um, Mookie Betts? Nope. You're warm. Oh, Pujols? Is he yeah. one of them? Yep. Okay. Is he one the one more. with is he the one with three? Yes. Okay. One more. Wow, this is actually really tough. You're gonna kick yourself when you realize who it is. Is it is it Eddie Rosario? Yes, it is. I was gonna say, like, I thought I said something last <laughs> night. How we had them, how he's the only player with two four hit games or something. Finally popped in my head. There we go. Oh. Yeah, I saw that come across my thing when I went to check for uh, updates on Yerman Mercedes. Um, yeah, LJ, who are who's who's your disappointment other than uh, other than Yerman? Other than Yerman, I have one and a half disappointments. Okay. The obvious disappointment, and we don't have to go into any more detail on him. Craig Kimbrell. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we we pretty much just pooped all over that trade this entire time, and I'm going to give you one more part. 
it's a $16 million club option to keep him with a $1 million buyout. The odds of them keeping him after this year, after the performance he had there, Brandon, I would say is probably low. Do you I let mean, him know? I mean, I, spe- I don't know. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, I feel like at this point, be, because, because of, of what they gave up, they're just like, we might as well just keep you around. I mean, we had to give is, up a lot for you. We're not just going to let you walk. I think he's worth the $16 million. You he, know, actually, $16 million valuation. I saw something the other day. I think they're going to pick up his club option and try to trade him. That's, you know, I read that the other day, believe it or not. Okay, because I genuinely, while his performance for Chicago was not worth $16 million, his performance for the Cubs and his performance in the past proves, I think, that he is certainly worth the $16 million. But I don't know, that $1 million buyout is enticing, I, I w- you would have to think. But yeah, you, you have to keep him. The half here is Michael Kopech and, and f- to no fault of his own. I am just really saddened as a Michael Kopech fan. He had a fantastic year and he is getting so much hype, so much praise from his own clubhouse that it makes me excited for his future. However, I am saddened that he did not get more of an opportunity to start this year. So you're almost a... I'm disappointed in Tony more than anything. Or just the fact that they had like four really good starters. And Dallas Keuchel. And Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> four good starter, four really good starters and Dallas Keuchel. Who didn't even make their postseason roster. So I'm not trying to say... We'll one get there. Hard. But also... I'm not remember... trying to say one of these things is not like the other, but... You got to remember, Kopech hadn't pitched since 2018. So maybe starting him off in a relief role was was right to ease him back in. It was, but at the same time, they were using him in a long relief role all year. And if you remember, they got away from this late in the year when their rotation was doing so well. Like once once all four of Lynn, Giolito, Cease, and uh, Rodon all got firing on all cylinders, they pulled away from this but they were giving him twice through the orders to rest the rotation as a sixth man in the rotation they did that semi-regularly through the first half of the season so there's no reason to not think that they were going to transition into giving him more full-on starts throughout the rest of the year and that never came they just he ended up transitioning more and more into a short inning reliever or a two inning guy rather than a four inning guy LJ, my 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 disappointment is going to also be Craig Kimbrell, but I just saw a hypothetical trade on Twitter that I am eating up right now. Is it Craig Kimbrell or Red Sox? Because I say yes. No, no, it is. Okay, so LJ, there's one closer who is a free agent this year, and on his team, there's also a second baseman who severely underperformed in the second half. What if Raldis Chapman and DJ no. LeMayhew to the unfortunately no <laughs> you couldn't get away with that one too that one that easy <laughs> LJ Mark Melanson is a free agent he's also not a closer okay <laughs> Craig Kimbrell traded back to the Padres 
for Adam Frazier as the White Sox need a second baseman and a left-handed bat. And Frazier, I believe, is a switch hitter. I love it. I absolutely love it, LJ. I love it for one reason only. Actually, do I love it? Or he's just a left-handed hitter. So that's what they need. I can't decide who I want to burn more is the thing. Like, I'm very intrigued. I want I want Chicago to have to have to pay for this trade for making this deal with the Cubs. They can so, yeah. I would love to see them have to have Adam Frazier suck at second base for the next four years, three years, whatever's left on his con on his uh through arbitration. I think it's like three years. Three years, yeah. It's three years. Uh, so for the next yeah. three years, I want to see him absolutely suck for the White Sox, and all they have to think about is Nick Madrigal on the other oh, side. Actually, no. He's a free agent after next year. Oh, okay. Again, even more so. Even more reason. But at the same time, like, his, his what is his ARB number going to be this year? What is his ARB number going to be? And what playing time is he going to get? Because Tatis Cronenworth – Machado are pretty much locks to start every game because they've all hit very well. And Ha-Seong Kim is still on this roster through... And, and not to mention a fan favorite. Right. Through 2024, he, he's getting paid. Adam well, Frazier could very well get traded this offseason. Oh, I, I think... It makes, and I'm eating it, it up this trade sense. now. It makes the most sense to move them but they need to move them somewhere i just am not sure that's worth it for the white Sox if i'm trying to do this in a pro white Sox scenario because reasonably he's going to get a solid amount of money because he did have a good year despite not doing well for the padres he had a very a fantastic year for the uh pirates so he's going to get money so you have to judge, would it be better to just take Cesar Hernandez's $6 million club option or have Adam Frazier? That's what it comes down to. He's getting paid four, $4.3 this year. And Frazier got – they're projecting $7 million in arbitration. Playing $7 million in arb. So technically, I, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like – which are you expecting? A lot of decisions to be made. And, a lot which, of decisions. Which are you expecting to see? Are you are you anticipating Pittsburgh, Adam Frazier, or San Diego, Adam Frazier? I'm more willing to bet San Diego, Adam Frazier. Didn't we go through a whole thing a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even longer than that at this point, about how um, how how he'd been overperforming his entire time in Pittsburgh? Like, he's a like hotel. He actually had one of the, like the worst, one of the worst expected batting averages in the league, yet one of the highest actual batting averages at one point. Yeah, so I just I can't see them paying seven million dollars for a guy who's probably going to regress when they could just keep Cesar Hernandez and hope he has another good year. At the same time, on the flip side, I also do not want to see the Padres actually get a good closer. Manny doesn't deserve that. 
Well, um, yeah, I think that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you all for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MLB Daily Pod. We'll be back tomorrow to recap game six of Red Sox Astros. LJ could be very sad or very happy. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.